growing up in my community and in my family, they were very strict um, and just had a certain expectation of me of just getting married young, starting a family young. And that was basically your fate. Men would ask for your hand in marriage and then you have you would have to like consider going on a date with them. And then once you go on a date with them, it's like expected that you get married to them fast. So yeah, I just started a new life. The second I moved to Chicago, a whole new chapter opened up. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Destination Happiness. In today's episode, I am super excited to be joined by the incredible Nastasia, the founder of the Dame Traveler blog, the travel blog that empowers women to solo travel. First of all, thank you for taking the time to join me. For those who don't know, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Uh, Yes, so my name is Nastasia. I am the founder of Dame Traveler, solo female travel community. Um, And I founded it back in late 2023, early 2024. And I am a photographer, author. um, I mean, jack of all trades. I do a lot. (laughs) But that's usually, that's the gist of it, I would say travel photographer and author that's quite common as well if you're in like media and um you've got like a creative job then you kind of do branch out into lots of different things as well you don't just stick to one avenue you kind of explore multiple options like photography and then content creation like videos as well absolutely I um I thought Dane Traveller was a lot older than 2023 Oh, no, not 2023, 2013. Oh, my God. I need more coffee. (laughs) I was going to say, I thought, I'm sure I found your blog like two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. I remember actually. Yeah, um, yeah, we're definitely (laughs) in the game, I guess I would say. (laughs) (laughs) I remember my, um, my first solo trip was at the end of 2021. And yeah, traveling was never really something that I'd thought too much about, but it was kind of something that I accidentally did because I went on holiday to Italy and yeah. one of my friends were able to come with me. So I ended up just going by myself. And when That's I started, it is how it starts. <laughs> and when I posted like on my Instagram stories and my feed, um, and yeah. people noticed, they were like, oh, Sophie, like, are you by yourself? Like, I've not seen you with anyone. I was like, oh, yeah. And then it kind of just, like, um, inspired other people. And, and I got all these conversations started. Um, oh, and, that's amazing. Oh, and thank you. And I remember because um, I was just doing some more research on other bloggers. And I think you were probably one of the first other solo travel bloggers I found when I kind of discovered yeah. what solo traveling was. It's super niche. Yeah, I think that's why it gained popularity so fast so early on because it's super niche. So happy to hear that. That's really cool. Ah. <laughs> why does travel play such a huge role in your life? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Um, so I, I didn't come from a family of travel. Like we basically growing up, uh, you know, I grew up in a blue collar um, household and we would go on trips to like Florida or visit family in Canada, maybe go to California once in a while to visit family there. Um, but I didn't come from a world of travel, but I've just always been a very curious person and always someone who has challenged the norm. Um, and So I moved to Chicago for nursing school um, in 2008, and um, I met my 
uh, well, this is how actually this is how it started. So I was in nursing school and similar to what you were saying, I wanted to find people to come with me to to volunteer in South Africa in Cape Town. It's always been a dream of mine. So I really wanted to just organize a group and I was kind of like the leader organizing things. And maybe five girls were like curious about it and they were pumped. They're like, yeah, I want to do it. And then everyone backed out when it was time to like book it. And I was the only one left standing. And I remember sitting in class and just like, dreading having to go back to Michigan for holiday break, which would, which was like a month long. So I just sat in class and I'm like, well, I did all the research. I have all like everything laid out. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to book it before I can talk myself out of it. I was 21 years old. I had never traveled solo anywhere. Um, and I booked it. And then I, I um, so I went through a company called GVI and they organized everything. So I wasn't completely on my own once I landed, but it was so real really brave thing to do at 21 to travel from Chicago all the way to Cape Town South Africa with a 24-hour layover in Dubai and somehow I figured it out (laughs) and I survived (laughs) yeah you always figure it out that's the beauty of it you know you're scared in the beginning but then once you get there you're like oh it's not so bad you know I'm I'm um, a capable adult with a brain (laughs) so uh, once I got there um, I felt very comfortable but I was terrified like on the way there I'm like oh my God, what did I get myself into? This is so scary. Uh, But I lived in a house with, um, I would say like 12 other volunteers and I was there for about three weeks and we volunteered at an orphanage um, and I made so many great friends from all over the world. They were teasing me because I was the only American in the house. (laughs) Like Americans travel. I'm like, yes. Oh my God, that's funny. (laughs) It was so funny because at the time, like now Americans travel more, but it was 2011, this trip. But yeah. way, you know, before the blog started um, and it was so funny. They were teasing me. So it was a wonderful eye opening trip. And then I explored Cape Town, you know, on my own. And it was just so beautiful. I really fell in love with the country and I uh, flew back. And then I just felt it just instilled this confidence in me. Like, wow, if I did that on my own, what else can I do on my own? And travel really does instill that confidence in you. Um, so when I when I came back to Chicago. Um, yeah, I just started going on like little trips on my own, just basically not waiting for anyone and just going. Wow, that's incredible. And how, yeah. how did that first trip make you feel like from from how anxious you were before you went and then the newfound confidence that you found within yourself afterwards? Like, how did that make you feel? Yeah, it made me feel excited for what's to come. I'm like, okay, well, I want to go here now. I want to go here. I want to go here. And then I met my now ex-husband um in 2010 um and I he traveled quite a bit and so him and I would travel together and I just remember the feeling of just getting so excited landing in a foreign country and just like immersing myself in the culture and learning as much as I can um and I just wanted more and more of it it's addicting you know and especially in the beginning now I've been to 71 countries of course I I, I always am excited to travel but um, I remember just that rush of energy in the beginning when it was like, it's just, it's so, ex- so exciting. And you just want to, um, you want to see as much as you can. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree with you there. And especially the feeling of like when you're on the plane and then the pilot announces the landing. And as soon as the tires hit the tarmac, you're like, right, I'm ready for my new adventure. Yeah. You've not got any clue what to expect, but all you know is it's going yeah. to be exhilarating and it's going to oh teach you new things and you're going to learn new cultures. And 
uh, taste yeah. new food as well. I, I think food. Point. Yeah. Like, looking out the window when you landed in the airport and you have no idea what to expect. All you see is the airport. And then all, all of these like exciting thoughts pop into your mind and you're like, what what's next? Like what's to come? Where are your top three places to travel and why? Um, top three, I would say Lisbon. Oh, well, for, are you, uh, for solo female travel or just in general? Mm, I would say in general. In general? Um, I, I mean, Italy, I know it's so cliche out of all the places I've been, mm-hmm. I say Italy because everybody loves it. But obviously it's popular for a reason. And for me, it holds a special place in my heart because I've, ha- I've had so many memories there and I've been traveling there every year since 2011 or 12 sorry and um I don't know it's just I get a warm fuzzy feeling every time I go there the people are so warm the food is incredible they're just good at everything and it, and I just feel like I was born a test life so Italy's <laughs> my happy place um and a place I always go back to and rediscover myself and rediscover a new place a new village a new corner of Rome like just a new dish just Italy is just very special. So, um, and then I love um, Portugal, Lisbon, because I feel very safe there as as a solo female traveler. It's one of the safest places um, for solo female travelers, I would say. But also just because it just offers so much beauty and Lisbon has just a sense of peace. When you walk around Lisbon, even though it's a city, it's just so bright and airy and the pastels and the feeling you get there and the light. I don't know. Lisbon is just very special to me. I really love it. And then I, I love, I know you said three, but I love Argentina and Lebanon as well. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't actually been to Lisbon yet. It's on the list. I'm sure you know how big the list is. (laughs) I know it's never ending, but Lisbon is great if you want to go by yourself. Like, and it's so easy to navigate. It's really easy to get around. It's very walkable. Um, And it's just a place where you're like, it's one of those places you look around and you're like, should I move here? <laughs> it's definitely one of those places. Should I move here? And then um, and then from a solo female traveler perspective, where do you think your favorite places would be or like places that you would recommend? Um, yeah, so definitely Italy is really easy to get around because the trains like you can hop on a train for 30 euro from like Milan to Rome and you'll be there in like three hours with a fast train. It's just so easy to navigate. People are pretty warm and friendly like when you want to ask questions um and I've always felt safe there but you know maybe other people have had different experiences but personally I always feel comfortable traveling to traveling to Italy and I actually spent three months there um on my own in October November yeah to December in 2018 I just got an Airbnb and just like wanted to feel wanted to know what it felt like to live in Rome (laughs) and it really like gave me insight into like what life is like there so definitely Italy um and as I mentioned, Portugal is very, um, very safe as well. And also Middle Eastern countries. I know people get very intimidated by Middle Eastern countries, but it's they're super safe. Like, for example, Istanbul, Turkey. I spent two months there last year. I felt way safer taking the like the train, walking around at night, um, just doing everyday things. And I actually ever have in New York City, which is my home, because petty crime is pretty is low there um and just crime in general is low so as a solo female traveler like walking around Istanbul I felt pretty safe honestly obviously I'm always on guard not because their crime rate is is so low you know it's it's such a great great place and it's so easy to navigate like by ferry um they have a tram they have a subway they just have so many ways to get around um and people are pretty 
welcoming and friendly and it's an open place. Um, and, you know, for the most part, it's obviously divided, but um, definitely I had an amazing experience in Turkey. I really love it. So I highly recommend um, for solo female travelers. But so that's why I was saying back to Middle Eastern countries, of course, depending on which one you go to. But a lot of them like Jordan, I felt fine. Um, Dubai, like United Arab Emirates has a zero tolerance policy. So when you're there, you're like, there's you're not going to be a target because people are scared to, you know, um, yeah. to do anything. So so you feel pretty safe there. Um, but yeah, uh, I would say, oh, my God, it's so hard. Like sometimes <laughs> I'm thinking about the world. It's like a blur. I'm like, it's hard to like pinpoint all of them. They're all just so great. It's um, it's really interesting that you bring up the Middle Eastern countries, because <laughs> I find there are a lot of stigmas around those sorts of places and yeah I think when I bring up potentially going to these countries in the near future everyone's quick to say oh no don't go there like you need to be careful and I think the media has a lot to do with that as well Mm -hmm. and I I'm actually I'm first generation Iraqi American my parents were born in Iraq and I really am proud of the Middle Eastern culture. I love it so much. So I try my best to visit these places, to show the beauty of them, to show like the the positive side, which there are so many positive sides to visiting oh. Middle Eastern countries. The people are so warm and kind. But yeah, I, I think I feel like, especially over the past few years, I, I feel like I even have a little bit of a duty just to remind people that, you know, that what you see on the media is, is not what you're going to get. It's not complete war zone. You know, like you're not going to have a bad experience. I've, every Middle Eastern country I've been to, I've had beautiful experiences. It's funny how you say you've got a duty because, um, because that's your background. It's sort of like you want mm-hmm. to share that with everyone and kind of just tackle that stigma that it has and just prove to people yeah. that it is beautiful. And, and yeah, mm-hmm. just really, really, yeah. really show that to people and get more people to travel there and see it for its true beauty yes absolutely I'm going to Iraq with my mom in October and my aunt and we're we're going to go back to the village that she grew up in so it's going to be a really special trip and I'm very excited for it that's lovely I did something similar in Hong Kong because I'm second gen Chinese Um, yeah oh thank you um but I I've always lived in England well up until like the recent years um, yeah. But so my grandparents actually moved from Hong Kong to England. Uh, uh-huh. That was in the 60s. And half of my aunties and uncles on my dad's side were born in Hong Kong. And then the other half, my dad included, as he's the youngest, was born in England. And then I was born in England too. So I've never actually, um, up until last month or the month before, I've never actually gone to Hong Kong before. It, oh, had, it was my time. first time and it, it was always something that I had dreamt of. So I know exactly what you mean about going back, not just for the traveling element, but to visit your roots yeah. and your heritage. And it's just more of a personal trip. Yes, that's super special. I'm so glad you got to do that. And Hong Kong is such an amazing place. I've been there a couple of times and I love the energy. I know it's like really fast paced and everything, but it's such an exciting place. And there are really calm and quiet places too. I think like Stanley Beach, I don't know if you went there. Yeah, I hope you go back. I mean, it's also so big, like it's hard to see everything. It's like New York, you know, or like London. Um, But I really love Hong Kong a lot. It's really cool. Do you think 
the, having the culture that you do, does that make traveling difficult in terms of maybe expectations from family and friends or is that not so much of an issue? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, there's a lot of positive sides to the Middle Eastern, you know, culture and growing up in it. But I do not shy away from sharing the downsides as well, because I have experienced, you know, um, just growing up in my community and in my family, they're very strict um, and just had a certain expectation of me of just getting married young, starting a family young. And that was basically your fate. And that's the fate of a lot of women. And even though I was married, uh, born in the U.S., that was the expectation of me. I'm definitely a black sheep in my community. So ever since I was younger, I would always challenge my family and my friends and, and my community, you know, asking the important questions like, why does it have to be this way? Why can't I just explore what I want on my own? Why is my path like already paved for me? This is this can't be right. So I would I would always question. And then when I turned 20, I started like really questioning things and taking it seriously. And that's when I decided to move to when I was 21, decided to apply to nursing school in Chicago and start a new life um, to get away from that because the pressure, it's not like arranged marriage where they force you to get married to someone right away it's kind of it's expected and men would ask for your hand in marriage and then you have you would have to like consider going on a date with them and then once you go on a date with them it's like expected that you get married to them fast or like engaged to them fast then you have kids so this is all by like age 21 23 I'm like this is not for me so my mom's sister actually she was just here in New York and she was she kind of took me under her wing and was like this is this is, I see myself in you and you're, you have such a, an amazing life ahead of you. Um, and you're not, you're, you know, you're just not going to, um, conform to this. So I moved away. My, you know, was challenged with my family, my dad, you know, him and I butt heads a lot about it, but I was financially on my own and I figured, well, I'm an adult, so I can do this on my own. I'm not tied to anything. Um, so yeah, I just started a new life when the second I moved to Chicago, a whole new chapter opened up. I started a new life. I went to nursing school, graduated, married someone who is actually quarter Chinese, quarter Italian, and then like American mix. So my last name was Wong, actually. His grandfather was oh. from China. Yeah, we met at Starbucks. <laughs> and then, um, and of course, my family was like, you know, we were finally getting on better terms. And then I met this guy and then I married him. And it was like, oh my God, it was just, my family was like, what are we going to do with her? <laughs> but um, eventually they were super supportive. Like, because all my decisions weren't bad decisions. They were just not things that they wanted for me. Went to nursing school and got married to like a really nice guy in finance. Like, <laughs> but it wasn't the picture that they had for me. Um, but I just, I knew it was like, it was one of those things that I was like, okay, I'm going to just do it and ask for forgiveness later because I know they love me and I know they want me to be happy for me. And I know they're going to come around. It's hard, but I, you know, and this has been my motto throughout my life. It's like, I've always been, it's like, people are always like, oh, you're, you seem so brave and so fearless. I'm like, no, I've been afraid every single time in every situation, but I did it anyway. And <laughs> so it's, that's very important is like, um, persisting despite fear and, um, also being careful, but, you know, not allowing the fear to consume you where it holds you back. I think a lot of people do, unfortunately, let fear hold them back and they miss out on yeah. so many things because of so, it. Especially solo travel, you know, it's like a lot of women, I think it's so beautiful when I receive emails and DMs from women saying like, you know, Dame Traveler inspired me to take that first step, to take that first trip, even if it's starting small, your blog um, inspired me to, to just go for it because I read all the stories of 
of women who have done it and they've overcome, you know, really difficult things. And I, and I do not shy away from letting people know that I do realize as a woman, we are a target when we travel solo. So I definitely share the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, but I'm just honest. I think it's important to be honest about these things. So women can learn from, from each other you know it's like a snowball effect because the first person that you inspire to take the first step then they might spread the word and talk about it and then and then more people join and then eventually you've got this whole network of people that you've inspired to take this leap and then you look at you look take a step back and you look at them all like wow like did I really help all these people take their first step into well out of their comfort zone and then eventually just experiencing life in a completely new way and that's all down Um, to you it is such a beautiful way of putting things in it and I sometimes I always think about my why and that is my why like every time I like get discouraged Instagram pisses me off or something like (laughs) so stressful these days like adapting to all the changes and like all the stupid trends I'm like why can't I just be me and just share my story like and share the stories that I that I experience and just do it in my own way and I do do it in my own way but it is you know there's a lot of pressure on Instagram to like you know have something go viral all this engage you know people have such a high engagement so I'm like so it's a lot of times I do get discouraged and I'm like I just want to quit and I just want to like I don't know, go back to nursing or something. I, I do have this these moments, but then I remember, no, you're doing this for a reason. And I do have a strong why. And my why is to really inspire women and and be, be an example and show all of the great examples of why you should go just go for it and not allow fear to hold you back. And because so many women have gained so much from the blog and all my, you know, my, I feel like my hard work has, hasn't been in vain, you know. It kind of brings me on to my um, next question, actually, when you're talking about Instagram and the battles of like trying to follow trends and then like maybe things don't go viral and it gets discouraged. So my question yeah. is, how do you balance living in the moment and capturing content? I'm a very self-aware person. Um, I always have been. So I do realize the damage that social media has done to tourism and I am indirectly part of that. But because I am aware of that, I try my best to stick to my values and my integrity and just do what I feel is right. And so there are a lot of things that I just won't do um, because I know that the way people travel these days is very different than the way they used to before, you know, having a cell phone. So for me, being a self-aware person when I'm traveling for work or, you know, just as a content creator and, and a creative seeing something and wanting to take a photo of it. I mean, especially if you're in a beautiful place, you want to take a photo of everything, you know, because you get so excited. But I am um, I am careful with that. So I just become more mindful of if I'm in a really beautiful moment to put my phone down and to just really take it in um, and to be as present as I can. And I love this um, phrase that I learned when I was younger. It's like, remember to remember. Because yeah, we know that we should be present. We know that we should do the right thing. But we forget, you know, and especially in the moment when you get caught up in creating content and everything. So I always just try to remind myself, remember to remember to pause, to just like really take it in, to take a deep breath, do a little meditation. And especially when I'm alone, you know, I I definitely like I'll be watching a sunset and yeah, I'll get a couple shots in the videos, but then I'll take a deep breath and really take it in and say a little prayer and just be really grateful for the moment. So I think as I'm, I mean, I just turned 36. So I think as I've gotten older, 
I've become more mindful and I strive to become more and more mindful. So I think, yeah, it's just reminding yourself that being present is very important, um, especially when you're in a special place that you may not ever go back to again. Yeah. Having the photos, you know, as memories is great, but you truly miss out on the feeling you get when you're fully present um, and not distracted by, you know, creating content or trying to get the, the, the best shot. You know, and sometimes people take like 5,000 photos of the same exact scene and it's like, it, they're all the same photos. So just take a couple and, and then just hang out and enjoy the moment. That's really great advice. Do you know what? I think I'm going to take that on board myself as well, actually, because it's something that I personally struggle with is trying to find a balance between capturing content and living in the moment. Yeah. Because, of course, you want to just live in the moment. But then it's also, yeah. it's a bit... um it's a bit of a downer when you go back to try and look back at your memories and see the photos you took and then you didn't take anything and then yeah, maybe yeah. The, maybe the memories might fade but if you've got that it's sort of like a diary digitalized and you uh, can just go back yeah. and, and relive it so it's it is definitely a balancing act for sure it's a balancing act and it's hard it's I'm definitely not saying it's easy and like I said I'm 36 and I'm just starting to feel like being more mindful of it um, but as far as consuming content, I have become very good at just not um, falling down like the rabbit hole and just like scrolling and scrolling, like doom scrolling. So yeah. now, I mean, obviously I, I manage so many accounts, so I cannot just doom scroll and like and just consume content all day. Like I'll create content. I'll check out what my friends are doing. I'll check I'll watch some, a couple cat videos and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> my feed is literally cat videos and, and travel videos too. <laughs> and I think the algorithm knows me down to the yeah, T. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, finally the algorithm has caught on to my real interests. <laughs> That's literally like my main source of joy these days. <laughs> and sometimes as well, I'll go on Instagram and it will serve me some travel content. I'm like, nope, I don't want yeah. to see this. No, I just I want, want the cat video. <laughs> I remember this seriously. <laughs> Get your act together. That's so funny. <laughs> what do you feel is the difference between a traveller and a tourist? Oh, well, I've become... Um, really in love with slow travel and slow travel can mean a lot of things, you know, maybe, well, now, now in this time, like a lot of people are working remote. So if you have the opportunity to do that, I mean, go somewhere and hang out for a month and find your favorite coffee shop, your favorite bakery. Like I feel like when a traveler is genuinely curious about the way people live, how the worlds we live in today is affecting the locals in that destination, really digging deep, observing, taking your time to learn. That's truly, I feel like, what makes a true traveler is that deep curiosity and genuine curiosity about not just the pretty places, but the people and how they live in this place, you know, and, and how the world around them affects their day-to-day -day life. And I think when you slow travel and you, and you, um, take the time to really get to know a place, it really gives you a better picture of what that place is like. And it gives you a deeper meaning when you walk away and you, when you come home to your experience. But I think a tourist is someone who just wants to check off as many places as they can. You know, you like hear about people, oh, I've traveled to every place in the world, but it's like, how much time did you spend in that place? Like, did you spend two nights there? Were you on a layover? Like, it's not about the number yet. Like, I, sometimes when I'm bored on the airplane, I'll like, just, I'm curious, like how many places I've been, cause it's fun to count, but it's really, it's not a rat race. You know, it's not like just passing through, grabbing a couple photos and leaving. 
a true traveler really, really takes the time um, to go deeper. And it's not just a vacation. It's, it's a, it's a full experience and it um, shapes your perception of the world, hopefully in a positive light or just in a light where you take something away from it that you can then contribute to your day-to-day life and come back to your country and be like, Hey, we can do this better because I, I saw this in so-and-so country. Um, so I think it's uh, learning versus just consuming and passing through and just kind of using a place for a photo op. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, I know some people who kind of, they they say oh I've been to this place I've been to that place and then yeah. they just get up a list of things that they did but like just like a typical trip advisor like top 10 tourist yeah. attractions and that I don't know why but it really bugs me when people do that I'm like yeah but did you actually yeah. take the time to indulge yourself and how many yes. locals did you speak to yeah it's like getting lost in a city in a new place or a town or a village or something and just like interacting with the local, even if you don't have the same language, just a genuine smile and like curiosity and just like, even like, I just even a genuine smile and a nod goes so far, you know, acknowledging the people around you not just kind of like rushing through and, you know, looking at all like the pretty things and just like ignoring the people around you who live there and you're walking into their country and you're just kind of like, not even acknowledging them, but acknowledging that that acknowledgement is so powerful. Just like that powerful nod, like I see you, like kind of, it's almost like a thank you for having me as a guest in your, in your country, in your place, in your village, in your city. Even if we can't speak the same language, it's just like sending that gratitude to them. It's respectful. Yeah. And I think otherwise it can just seem a bit selfish. Like you're, you're there for yourself. You're not there to, um yeah. maybe make a positive impact to that country you're just there no, like so. how are you contributing yeah like making sure that you're like my money goes to the street artist or like the local street vendor or like a, a musician that's playing a song like I will direct try to directly give my money to those people because I know it's going in their pocket but you know it's also complicated with some countries in the world because you feel like you don't want to give the money to the government you know like but you want to go to that that country and it's it's like, you know, it's double-edged sword, but then if you're able to, you know, help the local economy and the, and the people, then that that really helps. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the main part of it too. It's not, not helping the people who are above, like in the government. It's just actually f- yeah. helping the people that you can see in front of you. And then you yeah. can see the, the difference that it makes to their lives. Like even just a smile yeah. on their face, that's enough for me. I know. Yeah, it's such a beautiful thing. So I think just being aware and not blindly visiting a place and just passing through, I think it's very important. What are the downsides of traveling that aren't spoken enough, in your opinion? Oh, oh my God, the jet lag, being squished on an airplane for 15 hours. (laughs) The, um, yeah, just like the bumps in the road that are really stressful. Like, for example, I landed in Uzbekistan by myself at like 3 a.m. And then in a foreign country place that I have like, it's not, it's not like I'm landing in Italy. Like, oh, I know this place so well. You mm-hmm. know, uh, very unexpected, very late flight. Walked into the um, hotel to check in and they're like, we don't have a room for you. I'm like, wait, 
it was booked. What do you mean? They're like, we don't have room for you. So then, um, then he's like looking at this computer. He gives me, he's like, oh, here, never mind. Here's the room. I'm like, okay, it gives me the key. I go up and I open the door and somebody's sleeping. This is terrifying. What if that was me sleeping and someone walked into my room? Like the safety come. Oh my God, my head was spinning. And it's 3 a.m. in Uzbekistan and I'm by myself. Yeah, that was scary, actually. It was funny thinking about it, but I was like, uh, then thankfully the person didn't wake up. So I closed the door, walked down, and I'm like, you gave me a key to someone else's room. So I gave it back to him. And then I just sat in the lobby and I ended up like getting another hotel because I was so exhausted. Um, and by the, this time, like by this whole ordeal, the sun was coming up. <laughs> You're like, oh, do you know what? I don't need a hotel now. I'm just going to go for a coffee. Yeah, it's like that stuff like that is like, oh. But also just being alone and like really looking around and like always feeling like I'm on guard. When I'm, when I'm with other people, my guard, you know, I'm, I'm able to let my guard down a bit. But when yeah. I'm by myself, I'm, I'm always on alert and no matter where I am. Mm. It's just second nature for me. So that's that can be stressful like when your body's always like in survival mode. I was expecting you to say something about like missing your friends and family, but I guess if you're if you're doing <laughs> like month trips here and there, do you constantly yeah. like go back and forth from New York? Uh, so I, because I've been traveling for so long, like since I mean before the pandemic, I was traveling eighty percent of the time. Mm. Now at post pandemic, I travel like half the time. And I think my friends and family are just used to my life. Like this is her job, and she's always out, and and I'm used to it too. Of course, I miss them, but like I. I really spend quality time with them when I do see them. Like I'm very present. I'll get my work done before I see them. So this way I can be fully present with them um, and hear what's going on in their lives and just really have fun with them. So I think that's why I don't feel like, cause I'm not around, I'm alone a lot. Cause I, I live alone. I travel alone. I work alone. I live in New York city. It's a very lonely place sometimes because I'm not constantly surrounded by friends and family that I'm not like, oh, I miss them so much. I wish, but I do, I get lonely when I'm on my own and I'm in a really epic place. And I'm like, I wish I could share this with somebody. You know? I think loneliness yeah. as well is maybe something that gets to me sometimes, especially being at the other side of the world from my friends and family, like not even just the distance, but the time, yeah. the time zones as well. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll go to call them, but oh, guess what happened today? And I realize it's 4 a.m. I'm like, oh. I just, have I, to, I just have to um, celebrate this one on my own this time. <laughs> Do you have any advice for someone looking to earn money traveling full time? Yeah, um, find your niche, find a strong niche. I know people are afraid that if they have a strong niche, they're thinking, oh, nobody is going to like this. Nobody's into it, whatever. But the stronger the niche, the better, because you will find your people that will really resonate with it and are looking like, for for example, you were looking specifically for solo female travel blogs and maybe there weren't that many out there and that's why I started Dame Travel because I was looking for one and I couldn't find one um and I was following like very general travel communities like Travel Leisure, Forbes Travel Guide, like all these you know a far magazine and then I was like why don't I just start one and then I found my people and now look at it so really don't be afraid to follow like to find something very unique and specific and just go with it but it's a delicate balance because a lot of people were like oh I like everything so I want to do lifestyle and it's like okay, so like, what are you honing in? Like, you're, you don't have a focus. You're yeah. doing fashion, you're doing makeup, you're doing, oh, I'm traveling to Italy. Like, it doesn't make sense. So like, are, are you the brand or like, what are like, are you just selling yourself? Or are you 
are you trying to um, teach someone something about a specific thing? So keeping in mind how much value you're offering to your audience. And it's not just like showing your lavish life when you're just doing that. It's like, okay, what's the point? There's enough of that on Instagram. Try as your as best as you can to uh, a find your why and B provide as much value as you can to your audience. And naturally it's just going to happen with hard work and, and um, you know, like sharpening your skills, but it's very um, it's a very, like you have to be fully dedicated. It's not something like you just do on, on the side, you have to be fully dedicated. And that comes with a lot of sacrifice. You know, there was like years that I didn't make money. Actually, I didn't start really monetizing Dame Child until 2014. Uh, like late 2014, beginning early 2015. And even then I wasn't making that much money. I was lowballing myself and not knowing my value, but it comes with time and confidence. The more you partner with brands and you have to take on free work early on because you have to build your portfolio. But then when you, once you have enough work where you can show like, Hey, this, you know, this is my product. This is what I did. Then you can start charging. Also patience is another huge thing. You need to be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. And patience is very rare in the world we live in because everything's so instant. So you're like, why isn't it happening? Why isn't it happening? You're like, because yesterday you thought of this idea. It takes years to, and really like a lot of dedication and sacrifice, but being mindful of these things, nothing is impossible. You can do it. Absolutely. But you need to be dedicated and you need to be disciplined. Discipline, dedication, and patience for sure. Yeah. I think that's really great advice. Okay, well, thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk with me on my podcast. I hope that it resonates with lots of people. I'm sure it will. Lots of advice and (laughs) inspiration to others who are thinking of solo travel. I I love talking to you. Thank you so much. And I'm so sorry for all the back and forth. (laughs) I had such a great time chatting with you and you're so sweet. If you're ever in New York, let me know. And because you like cats, my home is your home whenever I'm traveling. So you can come cat sit. (laughs) I'll definitely come and catch it for you. Yeah, like a like an Airbnb, but just for us. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, and I hope you have a good rest of the day. Thank you. Get some sleep. Yeah. I will. <laughs> All right. See you soon. Bye. Oh my gosh. Oh, that was an incredible talk with Nastasia. I hope you found it as valuable as I did and thoroughly took on board all the advice she had to offer and yeah just hearing about those stories of her in Uzbekistan and finding out the raw real side of traveling like she said the good the bad and the ugly just wow that was incredible thank you so much for joining me yeah i found that as valuable as you probably have and i hope you take on board what she says about traveling you just need to go out and do it you don't wait for your friends because nine times out of ten they probably won't be coming even if they say they do and yeah just go out and solo travel and we'll be here to answer any questions you have maybe calm your anxieties and definitely go and check out her blog her instagram page um because she has a lot of value to offer and i think it will be really important for you especially if you're thinking of traveling as a solo female traveler thank you so much and i will see you in the next episode